So what is the onion architecture? Hi, my name is Eric Normand, and these are my thoughts on functional programming. So this is part two of a three-part series I'm doing on functional architecture. What does functional programming have to say about architecture? And we went over the first thing, which was the stratified design. This is where you build layers of meaning on top of more fundamental layers of meaning. And so you're building meaning up. And this onion architecture also has layers. You know, that's how onions are used for these layer metaphors. Uh, But these are in circles. Okay, so you're going, instead of top down, you're going outside in. Okay, so how does this thing work? So in a functional onion architecture, you're going to have really three layers. The inner layer is where you put your domain model. So this is a functional implementation of your domain model. By functional, I mean it's calculations and data. It's pure functions and immutable data. And this is how you represent the ideas in your domain. So if you're doing accounting software, this is where you implement the rules of accounting. How do I define a transaction? What are the operations I can do on transactions? All of that goes in your domain model. Okay, the second layer is where you put your business rules. And the, the you know if you're if you're an accounting business and you're developing software to help you run your business, there's going to be rules that aren't really set by how accounting systems work. Like everyone uses the same double entry bookkeeping accounting system, but how long do you or how much money do you charge for an overdraft on an account? Right? How much is is the monthly fee on a on an account? Um, how long do you let an account stay open before you close it? You know, there's, there's no activity on it. Things, you know, these are rules that businesses that like banks and accounting firms have that aren't really accounting, and but they're part of their business, right? And these are things that change a lot, a lot more than accounting, that is, right? Accounting rules have been around for hundreds of years, but every business kind of has different policies about how they deal with late fees and things like that. So those are, those go in this other layer. And just like in the stratified design, you're putting stuff that changes more frequently on on an outer layer. Inner layer stuff doesn't change. Now, these business rules are also pure functions with immutable data. We haven't done any actions yet. And they're built on top of the accounting rules. So they can use the concepts inside the domain model. All right, third layer is where you start doing actions. 
This layer is interacting with the outside world. Okay, this layer is where you're going to put your web server that converts a web request into some either business rule operation or a domain operation. And it's going to kind of pierce through the layers and be, you know, operate on the model. And then that's going to have some effect again on the outside world. And that's going to bubble out. So it's all pure on the inside, but then once it starts bubbling out, this outer interaction layer is going to start doing stuff. It's going to start sending emails. It's going to store stuff somewhere. It's going to make API requests. It's going to respond to the web request. Okay, so let's let's um, look at how this Onion architecture does some very common operations. We kind of already talked about the web request, so um, I'm going to put that, I'm going to do it again, but I'm going to put it off. Um, before we do that, let's look at the persistence layer. This is the database. So a lot of apps are built with the database at the center, and the Onion architecture is built with the database on the outside, okay, because the database See, this is what architecture is about, right? Architecture is about isolating yourself from your mistakes. Isolating the mistakes, not yourself. Isolating the different mistakes that you could make from each other. So, you have to make a lot of decisions when you're building software. What database do we use? What language do we choose? Uh, How do we uh, process a, a certain message? Do we need a queue? Uh, can we do it as a monolith or as a, you know microservices? There's all these questions, right? And all of them might be wrong, but certainly some of them are going to be wrong. They're, they can't be right all the time. And so we want to isolate those changes so that, for instance, if I made a mistake in database, I don't have to do a whole rewrite. I've got so much right. I made one mistake. Do I really have to start over? I'm sorry, this light is really bad on the video. Do I really have to start over? That seems, it seems uh, unreasonable. And in a lot of systems, you do. The database, the, call, the queries and the, the SQL statements are all smeared all over the, the code. Right? You haven't isolated it. And so if you ever wanted to change the database, let's say you go from like SQL to NoSQL, oh man, you're going to have to like go every line of code inspect. Did I make a, you know, an, an assumption here about the database? What's going on? You want to just move, move all that out because the database is something you can make a mistake on. Okay? It's much more likely that you choose the wrong database than you choose the wrong accounting system, right? The accounting process. Because the accounting process has been around for hundreds of years. Like, it's not something that that there's any real debate on anymore. 
Okay, so how do you do this? Database is on the outside. That means when your system decides something needs to be stored. Okay, this is a business rule that says I need to store this, that this check came in. Okay, the business rules generate some representation in immutable data of, of that storage, right? Some kind of, you know, in object-oriented world, they call this a command object, okay? But it's just some representation of, of this thing that needs to be stored. When that bubbles out to the outer layer, the interaction layer, something grabs that and says, I know how to store that and puts it in the database. That's it, okay? So the business rules decide what gets stored, but they don't do the storing. This is a, an example of a pattern that I'm, I'm going to... I have, actually have this on my to-do list, uh, an, an episode about this. It's called the... I'm calling it... It's kind of a dumb name, so I might change the name. But I'm calling it the plan, then act pattern. So in plan, then act, you make a plan... And then you act. Usually, we write software, like in an imperative way, we write software that kind of makes decisions as we go. So you loop through all the, all the checks. You get a query from the... You do a query the database, you get all the checks. You loop through all of them, and you figure out which ones... At, you know, inside the for loop, you figure out which ones need to send an email about. Okay, so you... you, you don't know how many emails you're going to send until you get to the end of the loop, and then you've you've sent them already, right? That's kind of how imperative programming tends to work. You don't have to do it that way, but that's a very common pattern. In the plan, then act situation, what you do is you 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 have a pure function that takes all of the checks. In, a, in immutable data, it goes through those checks and makes a plan. I need to send this email and this email and this email and this email and whatever. And so you have this big, now you have like a list of emails, also immutable data. And that's a pure function from, from um, checks to emails. And then you have your outer layer, your interaction layer. That's what does the query. It calls this business rule that determines the plan for what emails to send. So it does a query. It gets immutable data. This is the current state of the, num- of the checks that we have. It's, it calls that pure function that's in the business rule layer. It returns a list of emails to send. And then the interaction layer iterates through that and sends them. But there's no decisions anymore, right? There's no decisions to be made at that point. It's simply acting. Okay, you've extracted all of the decisions out into your plan. That's the idea. The plan and then act instead of acting and planning intertwined. All right, so... That's how that's how persistence happens. The business rules will bubble out a uh, a plan 
and part of that plan is what needs to get stored. Um, so how does a web request happen? Well, the interaction layer has a web server with an open port, etc. You know, the, the web request comes in, it converts that into some kind of request that the business rules understand. This is a transfer from one account to another. It represents that as data, pure data, and then it calls the business rules for that. And the business rules will return, well, this is the new state that has to be stored, or now we have to send an email. It's just a plan for what to do. And that interaction layer is just going to iterate through the plan and do it. Okay, so it's actually kind of dumb, and that's a good thing. Because you want the business rules to decide what happens. You don't want the email server to decide what happens. The email system. All right. Uh, this is part two. I'm going to talk about part three in the next one. Uh, more architecture. Um, the reason I only have three is because I think I only have three thoughts on functional architecture. I'd love to have more. So please, if you know something it would be I would greatly appreciate it I would, I'd love to get into a discussion with you on Twitter I'm at Eric Normand on LinkedIn just search for Eric Normand uh, or on uh, on email if you want some longer form discussion I love that too I'm Eric at listcast.com all right subscribe if you're on YouTube you can get notified of new videos if you subscribe and click the click the little uh, alarm, the little bell icon. Um, but please subscribe on podcast, tell your friends about it. Awesome. Thanks so much. See you next time.